Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. Jobs, bills, health, relationships. When you need help, where do you turn? It seems everyone wants to sell you a package to fix your life. Welcome to Christian Impact. Impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today, April 29th, 2022. We continue with our Chronicles of the Kingdom in Lesson 16. And this is a part two of our lesson on the heart tree. When talking about the heart tree, we're using a lot of figurative language of the scripture and using such language to talk about life structures and how that pertains to us and living. So today, when we're talking about trees, we're going to talk about seed and plant growth today into structures. So today, let's talk a little bit about seed, and we're going to go ahead and start with the good seed. What is a good seed? We talked about last week that with the parable of the sower, we talked about the soil and the soil being the, the heart of man. But the soil doesn't determine the nature of the tree. The seed determines the nature of the tree. And we talked about if you plant a bad seed, a bad structure will grow. If you plant good seeds, good structures will grow. So today, let's talk about the seed and that growth process. So we'll start with the good seed, and we notice that a good seed will produce a good heart tree. And I call it a heart tree because it is the tree that is growing forth from your heart, being in the soil. So what is that good seed? You know, what is the good word of God that we need to get? And I know there's lots of things. There's lots of scriptural truths and things we can begin to pull out that we need to accept. But I think on basic level, and the simplified thing, the good seed is love. It is the unconditional God kind of love that we need. When you get there, that love, what does it do? It, it, it provides acceptance. The love of God provides mercy and grace and forgiveness. These are the things that come from the love of God. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It is the love of God that provided salvation. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Notice here that even though God is rich in mercy, it is because of his great love for us. So out of that great love came mercy. Out of that great love came grace. Ephesians 1, 6, and 7. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. 
Now we know that his riches of grace, his riches of mercy comes from his great love. So out of his love comes acceptance, comes forgiveness. And you see, this seed of love produces a pattern when this seed is planted in our life, whenever we have the love of God in us, we have planted that in the soil of our hearts, then it begins to grow and it begins to create a life structure. And this life structure from the beginnings of the root, from the beginnings of germination, begins with the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the acceptance of God. And so as a seed germinates, the first thing that begins to grow is the root, the root system. And so as that tap root, as that root system begins to grow in our hearts and lives, this is the love of Jesus. This is the love of God. And as that root begins to develop, and in trees it forms that tap root that goes deep, that provides life, um, we know that God has come, what? To give us life and give it abundantly. So you see that root system is the abundant life that God wants to grow in us. And from that comes all kinds of great things. Notice Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So you see as we are rooted and grounded in the love of God that we become full, we become filled with the fullness of God. What does that mean? That means that the peace, the love, the joy, the kindness, those fruit of the Spirit begins to come out of your life. And I know we're not even talking about fruits yet, but we're on that track for those things to happen. In that rooting stage, though, um, yes, there's peace, but think about it. You, We understand approval and acceptance, and there's a peace, a calmness that comes from the Lord, the blessings, the gladness, the goodness, the satisfaction, the hope of the growth that is happening, the delight in just being there. That's from good seed. What about the bad seed? Well, if the love of God is good seed, then the bad seed, the thing the enemy wants to plant in you would be unlove. I know that sounds sort of crazy. Unlove. What do you mean, unlove? But <clears throat> it's it's the seed that is the opposite of love. And I don't want to just say hate. Many times we jump on that synonym, well, the opposite of love is hate. But there's more to that when you think of unlove. Because, you see, how does our hearts perceive that? How does the soil perceive the seed of unlove? Well, you know, the love of God brings its acceptance and all these good things. Well, that bad seed is rejection and pain. And as that seed germinates, it's, it's germinating roots of rejection, accusation, condemnation, unforgiveness. It creates judgmental and critical 
attitudes. Notice in Psalm 109, verses 2 through 4, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 22 through 23. It says, For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. In return for my love, they are my accusers. I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I am shaken like a locust. Now we see in there, we see what the, the, the seed is spoken against me. We're talking about the seed is, the good seed is the word of God, and it's about the love of God. The bad seed is these bad words that the enemy gives to us. And so this is spoken against us. It comes from an accuser and it wounds your heart. And then it says, I'm shaking like a locust. You know, we want to think that, that we're like a locust. No, we're the plant that is growing and is shaking like a locust. You know, what's left of the plant when the locust is done with it? Well, it's nothing. It's just the locusts are shaking off because it's just a dead husk. Everything of life, the leaves, the life, everything has just been eaten away. It is interesting to note, by the way, there's a prophecy of Joel about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, in this prophecy, the work of the Spirit, and then these, 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 these locusts come and they eat the fruit, the leaves, the, the bark, the roots of the tree, and they kill it. And then the prophecy goes on and says, the Lord will restore what the locust ate. And so, obviously, we know the locust is the enemy in that figurative language that's there. And so, it's the enemy that is wounding you, and he's going to eat you up by giving you these bad words from the accuser. Romans 2, 1, from the Amplified says, Therefore, you have no excuse of defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another. Oh, there's that... You condemn another. That's what the accuser does. This is what the enemy does, and he wants us to be accusers. Why? Because that's what that bad seed does. And so if we have a bad seed growing and it germinates, then it begins to germinate bad roots, roots that are going to become foundational and be a pain in our life. And so what type of roots does a bad seed, this unloved, grow? Well, these roots are bitterness. Once it starts germinating, it creates a bitterness in you. Anger, resentment, hatred, wrath, retaliation, rage. Get an attitude of murder. You also experience things like grief, guilt, remorse, hopelessness, despair, depression. Why? Because there's this rejection that is upon you. And this is growing in your, in the soil of your heart. This root. Hebrews 12, 14 through 17 says, Pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitterness is terrible. It defiles people. The root of bitterness. You know, the Greek word for bitterness also translates as 
piercing, sharp, pungent, and poison. That's what bitterness means in the Greek. It means piercing, sharp, pungent, and poison. And I always like to ask people, pungent? What does that mean? It's it's a smell. It's it's when you when something smells pungent, it's it's terrible. Um, many times when something dies, it leaves a pungent odor. It is the scent of death. And that's what bitterness is. It is the scent of death. It is poison that kills. It is piercing. It is sharp. <clears throat> Acts chapter 8 verses 21 through 23 says, You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. So the root of bitterness poisons a person. It binds you in iniquity. It's being bound to a sin. And it begins to grow and fester. And as this plant grows, we're going to this plant that is growing because up from the root becomes the stem or the trunk of the tree. It grows up from this root of bitterness. And that structure that begins to grow out of bitterness is almost always rebellion, a disobedient attitude. And why is it rebellion? Because rebellion has got two characteristics to it, fear and pride. All rebellion rooted in fear and pride. You rebel because you're afraid of what could happen to you. You're prideful because you think you can do it better. Both ways, when you look at the pride of Satan, it caused him to rebel. Why did he rebel? Because he thought he could be God. It's that attitude of, I can take care of myself. Have you ever heard someone say that? I can take care of myself. What is that? I can take care of myself. It's pride. It's a level of pride. And when you get it, it produces a very self-centered attitude. But you see that self-centeredness that comes out of this fear and pride, it's it's causes you to have a poor self-image. When you think of people out there that are very arrogant and they're very haughty, it's really because they have a poor self-image and they're afraid. They're afraid that they don't measure up and so their arrogance in believing there's something better than that uh, drives them in, in, in this rebellion. And so I want us to see that this rebellion, it creates a fear, insecurity, worries, anxiety. Um, we, fear, we feel inferior. And all this also has, has got twisted with pride. It makes us stubborn and haughty and arrogant and self-willed and unthankful. This type of tree trunk that grows is life structure because it's so self-selfish, self-centered, becomes very performance-oriented. You have to perform. You know, why? Why are you performing? Well, you're performing out of this rebellion from pride and fear. 
And as this tree trunk grows, um, as the tree and the plant grows, it begins to form limbs. And you see, the reason the limbs form is because out of this rebellion, out of this fear and pride, you begin to have need. Need. Because you see, if you're prideful, if you believe I can do this on my own, so you're going to do it on your own, so what do you need to accomplish that task? When, you, when you're when you fearful that someone's going to overtake you, you have need of something to put you on top. You begin to have needs. And because you have needs, and because this is coming from a rebellion, fear and pride, now this branches off into your life as different kinds of lusts. So now you have these limbs of lust that are coming out because of need that has been created by rebellion. Sometimes those lusts could just be money. I must make money. And, and you get greed. Sometimes it's about power and position. I'm going to have control of this portion of my life. I want to do things this way. I want the fame and the adoration of others. I have this need that they will affirm me where I feel short. Um, you know, sometimes that, that, that lust needs become sexual because you, 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 you feel like I just, I'm just not getting love. And so it becomes a lust that you think that if I satisfy this in the sexual way, that it will bring fulfillment. And all of these, not just the, the, the sexual lust, but for power, for money. And by the way, you could fill this in in all kinds of ways. But it, it boils down to a search for love, which is actually the good seed. When we have these needs in our life, and it, we, if we go back several lessons, we had a lessons where we talked about the basic needs God created mankind with. And I shared that in a podcast. Um, you can go back a few lessons and find it. Uh, the, the basic needs of man. When God is meeting those needs, we are fulfilled and complete. But when he's not, when we've received a bad seed, we have not received the love of God. And we've grown up now with this rebellion of pride and, and fear and it's come out and there's just now lust and we need things. And so we begin searching for it. And so, of course, I've talked about money and I've talked about uh, the sexual and, and the position. But, you know, that's also these needs because we come up short that brings into addictions, alcoholism, drug use, bad relationships. You know, we're seeing that today. I watch these things about the gender issues and everything going on. It's a lack of love of God. And when you can't find the love of God, you begin to fill it with things not from the Lord. But they're empty. They're always empty. Sin may bring some comfort for a moment, like drugs and alcohol, bad relationships. It all brings a momentary ease but is empty and void and your need is even greater than when you first started and this of course at this point of a tree growth you've got the the roots and the stem and the branches and now all of a sudden we're going to grow leaves and fruit and what is this you know 
Well, the the fruit, get the leaves of the fruit. This is this is bad fruit. This is bad fruit. And what is that? It's bad deeds. This is where this type of selfishness now takes over and you become aggressive. You begin showing fruits of the flesh. Um, uh, this, this, this rejection and, and critical judgment now begins to boil up. Um, man, you're ripe to be an accuser the way the enemy is a, an accuser. You have the, uh, fruit of the flesh go read galatians 5 we talk about the fruit of the spirit but there's also the the works of the flesh and greed and 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 all the 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 sins i don't want to get into those right now you can you can look those up yourselves but the fact is that when you get to this point the kingdom of darkness is now being reproduced in your life because in the end what does a fruit do a fruit is about Preparing a good incubator for seeds to be replanted. The whole point of an apple, the fruit of an apple, is because it's got seeds in it. And it's going to fall to the ground and the seeds can germinate. All fruit contains seeds. Because why? This is how it reproduces. When you begin producing fruit that's come from this bad seed, you're spreading the kingdom of darkness. And we were talking about, this is the Chronicles of the Kingdom. We're talking about kingdom of God. But I'm, I'm emphasizing the kingdom of darkness and this bad fruit here so that we can understand because this is what most of us struggle with. We all want the good fruit. We all want the kingdom of God. But what we don't realize is how much we embrace the kingdom of darkness. Out of our needs and our striving and, and this rejection we feel from society and from others and from people and the accuser and unforgiveness. This, this is all coming from the bad seed of of not having the love of God. For taking in that word that started in the garden um, when the devil came in and said, you know, you can be like God. Eat this fruit. The, 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 the bad word, the bad seed was given and it was planted and sin, the kingdom of darkness, was, was born. And it goes... And an interesting thing to note about bad trees that grow up is that there's lots of prophecies about what happens when bad trees grow up is that birds begin camping in those trees. And when you study Bible prophecy, not all the time, but most of the time when the Bible talks about birds, birds are bad. Birds represent demons in figurative language. Now, there's always a, a difference between when it's talking about an eagle versus just birds. But you generally, birds are bad. They represent, like I said, demons, uh, dark spirits. Uh, when these birds are coming and they're camping out, they're bringing things that, that demons bring. Darkness, blindness, deception, delusion. They want to shut out the light of God. They want to shut out the truth. They want you to only... Listen to the lies and deception of the enemy so that more bad seed will be planted to grow in your life. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses three and four says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. See, Satan and his, his minions, they, they want to blind us to the truth. 
1 John 2.11, But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he was going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And then 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9-11, through 11, According to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You see, once once bad birds are camping out in your bad branches with your bad fruit, deception comes upon you. Delusion comes upon you. There are people in our society, in our world right now, in our lives, family members, co-workers, You can't even turn on the news and not see it. People are deceived. There is deception that is going out. And once you begin to see the light, sometimes you see this deception and it's almost just staggering. How can people believe such evil that is occurring in the world? And it's because of the spiritual forces at work. It takes the love of God and the power of God to open blind eyes. That's just the truth. That's why we need to pray for people. That's why we we need to understand our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. <clears throat> See, Jesus knew we were blinded. We were deceived. We were delusional. And it was the love of God that forgave. It was the love of God that went to the cross. It was the love of God that breaks these things off. And that's what we need in our life. Of course, people that are delusional, they tend to be more open to the occult. And you see this, and I bring that up because so much of the occult is becoming more and more acceptable and visible in our world. And as we see this, it's just letting us know the times that we are living in. And it is at this point that I want to talk about because of the deception, because of the occult, because of the the fruit of sin that comes up. Um, it's not pretty. And therefore, people start building walls. People put up walls. They don't want you to see the ugly fruit tree that they have become. We want to build up walls because we don't want their ugly fruit trees in our, in us. Um, we build up these walls of defense. And for the people that are the, come from the root of bitterness and unlove and, and they've got pride and rebellion and all this has now come up. And specifically in the church, when you see other Christians, these walls, they, they manifest with being contentious. It's where they, they're argumentative. They're unaffectionate. They withdraw from the believers. They want to withdraw from the conversations. They want to um, blame, blame, blame the victim game. They slander. They want to be separate from what is good and holy. Um, in Acts chapter 23, 3, 
Paul talks about the Pharisees and this type of thing. And it goes and says, Then Paul said to them, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall, for you sit to judge me according to the law. And do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? Now, I know I'm going to talk about his law thing, but notice that he called them whitewashed wall. A whitewashed wall. Say that five times really fast. Whitewashed wall. But what's a whitewashed? Another translation is whitewashed tombs. You see, what he's saying is that the inside is, is ugly, is dead, is grody, but the outside has been whitewashed. In other words, it's clean, it looks pretty, it's all nice and white, and, and it looks pure, but it's not on the inside. And oftentimes, in our lives, in, and in, quote, I say quote, unquote, people that claim to be Christians, but they're living out, manifesting the kingdom of darkness because of unlove. They're like this. They, they whitewash themselves on the outside to look pretty, but the inside is dead. And we know it's dead because why? Because even though they got this wall up that looks pretty, they look at their life and they're trying to do the right things, but their mouth, we look at the scripture from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out? Blame and slander and contentions and argument and separation. This is all kingdom of darkness. And if it's coming out of their mouth, then you can be sure that there'll be other abuses, whether it's alcohol, drugs, immorality, violence. Um, eventually, this is where you get into the idea of murder. Um, well, gosh, what do I mean by murder? Is everyone, no, I'm not talking about everyone being murderers, but think about it. If you hate your brother, Jesus, if you hate your brothers, it's the same as murder. But I also want us to understand that these feelings of this comes from this rejection, this bitterness, that has caused up your, your your lust and needs that you're not getting fulfilled. It, it leads to loneliness and hopelessness. And you see, if a person doesn't want to hate their brother at that point, then they get really hopeless. And you see, they become so involved in self-rejection and depression and self-hate that all of a sudden they're ripe for the spirit of suicide. They're ripe to take their own life. And we see that there are so many that have embraced suicide. We've had this pandemic and they've talked about the suicide rate has gone up. Listen, it's not being locked in your house that causes depression. It's the fact that you suddenly have free time to wallow in your own rejection, in your own depression, in your own self-hate. Things aren't going good in your life. I've seen many people that are alcoholics and they'll get alone and they drink and then they start thinking about all the stuff they're missing in life. All the ways that they're just not adding up to what they hoped things would be. And this, because there's not what they hoped, they become hopeless. They become depressed. And it doesn't take long for the enemy to begin bringing the words of of suicide into their life. I'm to this point now because it brings us back around to the good seed. What is the good seed? It is the love of God. It is what brings acceptance and forgiveness. You see, if you're accepted in God, you don't have to perform. You don't have to do these things. We're not going to talk about the growth of that tree, but think about it. Your roots aren't bitter. You're, 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 what you're going to produce 
is going to be accepted. You're going to go up in peace and in fulfillment. And you see, that's what this heart tree is really about, is receiving the seed, the word from God, starting with the love of God in our hearts and growing forth. So that when we reach that final maturity, we can even look death in the eyes and we know that what we are secure in the life that God has for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word, God. I pray that those that are listening would pull out growth from bad seeds in their life. Lord, I pray that they would receive the love of God, your good seed, God, that they would want to be deeply rooted in you, Lord. Father, we pray that you'd help us to spread good word and good seed to others. God, open up those eyes that are blinded in darkness to shine forth your light, your truth into the acceptance and fulfillment that you have for them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Chronicles of the Kingdom series. This was Lesson 16, The Heart Tree, Part 2. You can catch up on this teaching series at our website, www.christianimpact.net. Until next time, God bless.